I'm Suzanne. And I'm Peter. And you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. And I'm here today with someone I've known for a very, very long period of time, Sarah Berry, who is now a psychosexual and relationship therapist. And we are here today to talk about a subject that I know is very, very close to Sarah's heart because I remember when she first started talking about this subject, which has got to be at least a decade ago now, at least probably, uh, which is vaginismus. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) No, thank you for coming on. And listen, let's start from the very beginning, which is what the hell is vaginismus? (laughs) <laughs> so vaginismus is a it's basically a defense mechanism where the body is saying I don't want anything in me. Um, <clears throat> so what happens is where on the threat of penetration, uh, the, va- the the vaginal muscles, the Kegel muscles spasm, close uh, to varying degrees. They could clamp shut and be like no nope, nothing. They could tighten, um, a- 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 and that's what happens. There's sort of, to my mind, three different kinds. There's primary, secondary, and circumstantial. Primary is when you haven't had it, any, you've never tried to put anything up there before. The first time something tries to get up there, it won't go. Secondary, you've had things up there. You may have be bonking a strap-on or a penis for a while, and then suddenly, you know, or, or you go to a doctor's office um, or a nurse's office, and you need to have a medical a smear test or something, and then suddenly it's just not happening <clears throat> when it was fine before. That's secondary. Circumstantial, you might be fine at the doctor's office, but not okay at home. Certain things can trigger it. So it is a defense mechanism. It could be sort of vaginal, literally vaginal based. It, it, it's the head telling it not to happen. So there's lots of pain conditions. Uh, where you know the vagina just it, you know it, it just might be there's lots of other conditions that can look like vaginismus but this is you may have a pain condition that is also vaginismic because the brain is extra saying no don't go up there if that makes sense yeah um yeah sorry I can harp on a lot. yeah 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 no it's I I, I understand and do you, is it is it usually in response to something like a trauma or is yes. it? What I was going to say is it doesn't have to be literal because I see lots of people in my office who have never sort of been touched wrongly in sex. They've, they've always had a perfectly fine relationship with their vagina, but it could be, for example, they're in chronic pain. They're very stressed. They're depressed, libido issues, you know, and they're, they're sort of if, if your shoulders are up and tight, your body might be up and tight as well. It, but it is generally, you know, <clears throat> for example, secondary vaginismus, which might be something that might affect the population of listeners the most. Um, or when I'm dealing with vaginismus, it can be sort of any sort of shame difficulty, orgasmic difficulty, where it's, it sort of can be all, you know, we're, we're talking about a difficult relationship with sex in the vagina yeah. that causes it to not respond how you want it to respond. Yeah. And it, it, the, the changes that happen through menopause can be, for example, some of the triggers that can make you think, no, I don't want it to happen. So it can be dry, it can be less elastic, um, it, you know, you might not like how it looks. If you've got incontinence, fecal or urinary, you might have shame around that. You might have shame in general if you feel like, you know, your pubes have changed. 
any change is difficult. Now, if you've had a partner for years and you can weather the storm, that's amazing if it is a storm. Yeah. If you're looking to have a new partner, that, that can bring all sorts of things and fears and shame. So I work with all of that stuff. And there are some specific things to help a vagina feel it, 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 working with, well, we'll get into work. Ask me a question. Sorry, I'm all. <laughs> no, no, no. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, one of, one of the things that, you know, we've spoken about before, and I know personally as well, is that, you know, as an older woman, your vaginal walls thin out and, yeah. and you can experience some pain from sex yes. and, as well as that, if you don't, you know, I always say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. And I suspect there is something attached to, as you say, when it's painful, you know, you know, pain is pain. Nobody likes it. Well, some people do, obviously, but not that oh, yeah, kind yeah. of. But pain not... that you, you invite in and you can eroticize pain. That's amazing. The trouble with vaginismus is you might not know what it is. Right. Um, I think so many people have shame around change as well so if there is something going on if you have pain trying to identify what that pain is if you go to the doctor or nurse trying to identify what it is specifically this is what's happening and it could be that you know maybe you haven't atrophied very much maybe it's still all looks kind of normal or maybe you're prolapsing and there's all sorts of things going on and of course it's going to be difficult you can't see vaginismus unless you put a finger in and the muscles clamp around it you wouldn't know just by looking at it. So it's one of those right. weird mystery things um, that, that could just make everything worse. Um, I want to say as well, I do see clients who are 50s, 60s, 70s, who've never had sex and just want to get on top of this as well. So it isn't just changes that can happen. It isn't just secondary vaginismus. That this might be interesting. Anyway. That's what I wanted to ask was, um, is there a difference uh, in age profiles and um, do older women tend to get it more or is it younger um, women? Well I see lots of younger women with it and lots of people who feel it may be a barrier to having children um, and y- y- you don't actually have to have sex to have children I just want to make that very clear <laughs> there's other people listening but it's it, you know generally I'll see people in their 20s 30s and 40s but I have seen older people as well I don't think I think there is a, a generational issue where people feel they don't know that there's help. And generally, I get so many people email me saying, you know, I don't know if I'm wasting your time. Wasting my time? I'm going to make money from you, darling. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, actually, I, I had vaginismus. That's why I'm so passionate about, passionate about it. I had it for, you know, into my 30s pretty, pretty badly. Right. And... Um, it was the absolute bane of my life, caused me all sorts of shame. Um, and, uh, you know... It, so it's kind of circular, self-enforcing the yeah. shame. You know, you might have it because of shame and then you, you're ashamed <laughs> yes. that you've got it, yeah. you know. it's And, you know, it, being able to deal with all the things that happen with the body change, I mean, it could even be the existential crisis of you know, mortality and all those sorts of things. There's so many things that can enhance vaginismus mm. um, yeah, or yeah. cause vaginismus or just a, a difficult relationship with your vagina. That's why I'm all over the place. It's such a massive topic. <laughs> I'm just trying to give all the background. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. I'll sit with clients. I'll talk to them about what what is happening with their body, how they feel about their body, um, what they want. So this isn't just about a lot of the literature you read is all about penises. It it might be that people just want to be able to feel at one with their body. The answer to dealing with vaginismus isn't always to be able to get an insertable up there. It could be giving your body permission to say, do you know what? We don't need to go there. There's many other, I want to insert your body, we can do it, you know. Or it might be that they need to have, um, you know, they may have cervical cancer and they need to have lots and lots of examinations and we can help them get through that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, They may even have to go private and get anesthetics to do that. But we, we talk through all the options. If they want to get an insertable up there for fun, whether it's a finger, a strap-on, or a penis, then then there is lots to do with that. There's lots of help with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the, um, you know, one of the things that we've seen is that doctors don't really know a lot about a lot. (laughs) Let's just say that. I was told. They don't know a lot about a lot. And, and, and so there's not just the, I don't know what the hell's going on with my body. There's, I go to my doctor and he, usually he, but not Mm. always, obviously, isn't, isn't really fully aware either of what kind of issues this might it be right so so you're dealing with the naivety there and what we've discovered with somebody that we spoke to who's a psychosexual nurse doing a fantastic job mainly with men around erectile dysfunction is that these doctors don't even know who to refer people to right so then they're Mm. then they're left in the wilderness with this issue that they're ashamed about and they don't know who to speak to Mm. and they go to their doctor and they're like yeah we don't really know what this is either because we looked at your vagina and it looks normal to me and it does it does look normal (laughs) and the thing is there's so many potions and pills and devices on the market like oh we've got this thing we can give you but actually somebody just (laughs) oh yeah somebody every week there's some sort of advert for another Another pill or potion. And even if, yeah. if the person doesn't want to take pills or potions, like, <clears throat> this is the answer. Come on. It's, um, <clears throat> it isn't just about that. I mean, HRT can be wonderful. Lube can be wonderful. And all of those things, you know, whatever, you know, take things, all that sort of thing. But, it, but if there's an interruption to that, it's sort of like, you know, I use the analogy of a parachute jump. If you're going on a parachute jump and you've never been on one before and you're very, very scared of it, you're just going to be jumping and scared that you're going to die at the bottom. Oh my God, oh my God, this is awful, this is awful. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Hate the world, hate the world. Who taught me into this? Why am I doing this? Doesn't even make sense. This isn't wonderful. If you are fully prepared to sort of try and be in control, yeah. you, you find ways to take control. You know if you breathe, you know you're going to be okay. You know what's going to happen. You can jump and look at the, look at the fields, look at the clouds and, and sort of find find your way that way. That's sort of what I do with people who have an interrupted relationship with their vagina. It's about helping them be with it. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, find pleasure from it. They may need to relearn their relationship with their vagina. You don't ever actually have to look at your vagina to have a relationship with it. Some people don't want to, and that's absolutely fine. Some people want to, some people look at it Mm. and they balk a bit. But it's 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 sort of finding ways in. Sometimes I'll get people to put their hand on it at home. We don't do stuff. It's all just yeah. words with me. But 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 they'll have homework. Um, so I guess yeah. just getting a good relationship with the vagina is the start bit. And people who've never had 
problem with sex or examinations haven't had to do this before but you sort of relearn it so the doctor if they if they get a hint of vaginismus might then give bring out the dilators which are some medical insertables of varying things that look yeah, like seen those. dildos. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> um, you can do this with fingers or dildos or vibrators turned off or, you know, cucumbers or anything that you yeah. that you want to try it with. Starting with um, a cotton bud. I realise that you haven't asked me about treatment options, but I'm going. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, go. Go. Go for it. Go for it, Sarah. Go. Yeah. It might be that what you need to do is just relearn your relationship with your vagina, but you might need to start before then and sort of learn to love it, her, whatever name, however you refer to it, before then. Mm. And one of the things that can be quite nice is to sort of put your hand over it, put your breathing down, (laughs) breathing down or into your stomach, but pretending it's going into your vagina and have whatever mantra so that you can sort of feel that your vagina is part of your body. I also sometimes get people to draw their vagina, including their sort of legs and surrounding area. I think what I'm referring to is the detachment people can feel when there's sort of pain below Mm. down there somewhere. Anyway, sort of ask me a question. I've gone off again. No, um, well, one of the things that I was, um, oh, God, what was I going to say? I lost it. Peter, go for it. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask about, I mean, it all all is based on the presumption that sex is about penetration, of course. And that, that, you know, that itself must put a lot of pressure on to women to be receptive and be in a position to be able to have penetrative sex. But one of the things we've tried to talk about is um, outer course rather than intercourse and that you don't have to have penetration to And have I really sex. appreciate you call it outer course rather than foreplay. I really hate the idea that it's all just foreplay, which actually means that is supposed to be then the penetration <laughs> is still the main event. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, mm. Absolutely couldn't agree more. And there's all sorts mm. of ways, you know, some people can experiment with kinks and spanking, all sorts of things. But it's it's sex, sexual intimacy is about a moment with somebody. Mm. I think another thing about all of this is bodies changing. And, and it usually, you know, it's an intimacy issue. So being mm. able to get a fail with your vagina to see that you can, you know, the use it or lose it thing. I don't think you should be going out just mm. to have sex to keep your vagina working. That's a lot of pressure on you and whoever you're having sex with. Um, but you, you yeah, can... I kind of like that pressure, but that's just me. <laughs> you go for you, you, you Susan. Yay. But, but, but putting things up here and understanding how your vagina works is brilliant. But it isn't just about you and your vagina. And most of the textbooks and doctors and everything are just about getting you and your vagina penetrated. But yeah. actually, the whole intimacy issue. If you feel fear that you smell of wee or you feel that your vagina's... I mean, they, they use words like shrivel when they're talking about atrophy. They use absolutely <laughs> awful words to describe a beautiful, wonderful thing that holds all your pain and emotion. <laughs> um, it, it's about feeling safe and secure mm. with the person you're having sex with, whether you know them for half an hour or you live with them and, and you know, you've always known them. It's about being able to be you in all of you, it, you don't have to be completely down with yourself and hugging trees and everything, but you just need to be secure enough to notice your desire, the desire in their eyes, and feel comfortable. And being able to feel safe and secure, some people don't get there, some people haven't got there <clears throat> in their early yeah. years even. And yeah. security and safety is really, really sexy. 
Yes. So just being able to think, if you smell a bit of weed, that's okay. If you shower, you're not going to smell a weed, even if you feel <laughs> you do. It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. But really being able to share your fears with your partner. I mean, I think women who have younger partners as well can actually really fear the difference. But, you yeah. know, just being able to name these things and feel love, it is quite strong. So one of the things I was going to say was it feels like it's an, it, it's really, um, is it part of the, of the spectrum of, th- of things that would come under a general anxiety disorder more than, for instance, a sexual uh, disorder? Because it sounds to me that a lot of this is around anxiety yeah. and worry and fear mm-hmm. and what's going on in your brain <laughs> rather than an actual physical thing that is going on where there's actually you know the fact that you said that doctors can't when you look at your vagina it looks like a normal vagina and then suddenly something happens where you clench up and it's and it's mainly going on in your brain would you say that and it sounds like a lot of what you're suggesting around relaxation around breathing around you know um some of the exercises that you do are just around relaxing you as opposed to go and see a surgeon because you're going to don't to see get, a surgeon don't you know. have botox oh my god and i can i can share with you a thing i wrote on botox it's if you ever read the the actual studies um usually done by yeah it, the the research done by botox companies they they're not full enough to really see what happens and a lot of it's the placebo a lot of people drop out it's it's not great and if you have botox i mean it's not an ideal world i will work with people who want to have botox just sorry who wants botox but i will answer questions <clears throat> it's um it it it's not going to help you have a lovely tingling alive vagina it's just going to be right. a bit numb um yes it's a psychosexual issue so yeah. you can do a lot of work on self esteem shame existential fears around age um all of that stuff so, for example, if you imagine, you know, two people come out of a tsunami, one person feels like they can live their life and be happy and excited, the other person's waiting for the next tsunami. That sort of issue around vaginismus, you know, feeling, I, I, I don't know, I went off on an analogy. I've got this with it. But, but it is a psychological um, relationship with your body. So your body does react. It's a definite strong reaction. That yeah. muscle acts like a brick wall but it's the yeah. head that's making it happen. That yeah. doesn't mean there aren't other conditions. So the yeah. atrophy, the pain, it, you know, whatever else is going on, there's that as well. And this is an extra layer on top. Oh, I see. Yeah. So there so, could be actual, some actual oh, medical yeah, things going on as well as the anxiety around and that. And, and, they, and they may feed off each other because yeah. one is giving you a lot of pain and then you're like, I don't want that because yeah. I'm going to clench up. I don't want that yes. pain, you know. Yeah, it can be. It, it is completely logical if you sort of dial it down, but it is a bit of a phobic response. You yeah. might have been assaulted, you know. Yeah. That you might. That there's there's lots of reasons. This might be a childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, there's so many reasons. There could be cultural issues. So many reasons yeah, yeah. that it can happen. But if you're only working on the head. It might be that you, you can work on this without seeing a psychosexual relationship therapist. But I think being able to use the body as well. Yeah. And, 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 and sort of work your way towards getting what you want. So if you're going for a medical examination, building up your vagina to be able to take that. 
um, is the thing. If you're trying to get pleasure, looking at how your, you know, your body responds to penetration, if that's what you're wanting. Yeah. And also, you know, looking at the other ways to enjoy it. Um, it might be you make a positive choice not to have penetration. That's cool. Um, if yeah. you want that and your partner doesn't, then that's a problem as well. So working on that. And can I just ask, um, one of the things that we didn't ask at the beginning, which is probably a logical question, mm -hmm. is how many people roughly does this affect? Because I know that mm -hmm. vaginal atrophy, I was absolutely astounded when it, when you're talking about medical um, menopausal women, the figures are huge. I yeah. mean, really, really huge. And people are sometimes surprised at how many people, and I think Peter especially has been particularly surprised at like all the stuff about the vagina. He's like, I hadn't got a clue about the vagina really. Well, why should he, right? He's a guy, but you know, I how many people does this affect? I, I don't particularly have figures, but I don't think the figures that are about, I mean, I remember hearing one in 14 as I was growing up, whatever that means as, you know, just women or vagina owners in general. But um, <clears throat> I would think to some degree this affects a lot of people. And I think people, uh, also libido issues can affect it as well. And people might just think, this is my body shutting down. I don't want to have sex. And what a shame that is. If you don't want to have sex anymore, don't have sex. But if you want to have sex, you know, there are ways. So I think, to answer your question, I yeah. think there is a hell of a lot more than any statistics that you see. Bearing in mind, there's a massive spectrum of vaginismic response. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it might not be vaginismus per se. It might be an arousal issue that could yeah. be quite similar. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And and again, going back to older women, one of the things that I quoted the other week was that um, desire follows arousal in older women. And I and I certainly feel that it's like I'm not walking around with this heightened libido like I was in my 40s. But if I get if I'm intimate, getting intimate with someone and they do a few things to me, then my then everything starts to kind of perk up again. But I don't generally feel horny all the time like sure. I used to you know and so like what turns you on and and all of that sort of stuff is also I suspect important like yeah. understanding what gets you aroused right absolutely and as I said you may need to relearn it or sort of learn some things have a new way of being <clears throat> I think as well though if 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 you're with somebody who expects more than you want to give that's one thing yeah. The other thing is sort of there's libido, you know, which is a physiological thing, you know, you feel like having sex, but in your head, you might sort of want to have sex more, whether because you just want to, or you just feel like you should. Yeah. Um, and those sorts of things can be unpicked. But, you know, I don't underestimate hand jobs, don't underestimate all of those things. They can be wonderful. Um, it's just being able to think what what is you know what what sort of intimacy can i maybe do when i want to and it doesn't have to be all singing or dancing penetration you know yeah and do you see couples as well yeah 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 because i can appreciate that you know if this is something that suddenly happened which yeah. i suspect it sometimes it just can yeah um that that could be very hard on a couple's relationship I mean, it might suddenly happen, or there might just be a bit of a withdrawal over time. Yeah. It, it, it might be for some reason you haven't had sex. Maybe you've had a med medical condition, a bereavement, 
a period apart from each other, you're in a new relationship, and then you go to have sex again, and it doesn't feel like actually riding a bike. It feels like there's been some interruption to it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yes, uh, most psychosexual therapists, well, you, you want to see someone who's actually been trained to work with couples because it's a bit different. Right. But um, yeah, couples therapy as well, and that can be very effective. And sometimes um, the other person's sex life is obviously affected by it as well. So, for example, in a heterosexual relationship, sometimes uh, a chap can be worried about hurting <laughs> their partner. So they yeah. might have, you know, some erection issues and things like that. So and yeah. I remember being at a conference when somebody talked very eloquently about vaginismus and then told the partner to go and get some Viagra. I'm like, oh, my God, that's not good. No. <laughs> giving medication and medication's amazing i'm not against it but it you don't it, it, it vaginismus is a symptom of something else as you as you rightly said there's a yeah. source of anxiety there's a disconnect there's a block and being yeah, able yeah. to get to the bottom of that is something it might be that you don't actually want anything to go up you but you understand that you're not at one with your body and you just want to feel better yeah and if you do have a problem, how, or, you know, you suspect that, you, or, and you're not happy with what's going on, how do you, and where do you go to get help? I mean, how does somebody find somebody like you? Because like I said, I know doctors are not all that au fait no, with all of this I mean, stuff. When I went to, I went to so many people, it was really hard for me when I was in my twenties to say that I can't have sex. And I remember the family planning clinic told me to have a glass of wine and a tickle. Suzanne, that's why you met me. No well, way. I was a massive drunkard. I became the <laughs> biggest lush you've ever seen. I would down vodka. Try and, anyway, that's another story. But to answer your question, Bloody terrible hell. advice, right? Terrible advice. Oh, my <clears> God. That's glass awful. Glass of wine and a tickle. Honestly, it's like you're there with a feather. Anyway, um, a College of Sex and Relationship Therapist is where I'm affiliated to. <clears throat> and um, there'll be therapists all over the place, you know, all over the UK. There's other um, bodies as well, but I, I college of sex and relationship therapists. So if you look at that, there's also you might find people on counselling directory in different places. But college of sex and relationship therapists, uh, we'd all we're all properly trained in vaginismus. And if you have couples therapists on there, then they should have had couples training as well. So it's a really good place. And can you get that on the NHS or you have to go private? Um, you can get therapy on the NHS. You have to go through your doctor. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of the things that's been really tough. So I cost money. Um, <clears throat> there'll be people who have sliding scales and things. Right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it does cost. So as I said, do, do go to your doctor and you might be able to get things. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other tough bit of this whole thing, right, is that yeah. it's not, even though it's something that impacts so many people, it's not taken as seriously, I suspect, as all women's sexual issues aren't, just generally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's amazing. I, I, I mean, I became the therapist I wish I had. I mean, I was an outpatient from a very famous institution I was seeing people who I assumed were the best of the best and they they were terrible so it is really hard to get a therapist you like if you do get to a therapist and you don't feel like you're gelling my first bit of advice would be to tell them it's amazing to hear people say you know this isn't going well that's really good information for the session yeah, yeah. also if it isn't 
going well, somebody else might go better. So go see someone else, tell them why it wasn't working before. And, yeah. you know, the more you're able to find a relationship with the right person for you, the more you're going to be able to work on communicating about sex with the people that you need to communicate with. And you mentioned... And you mentioned at the very beginning, I think, before we came on, that you said, I should write a book about this. <laughs> <laughs> is there, has anyone written a book about this? Or are you going to do that, Sarah? Because oh, then, sure. you know, <laughs> you're, the, the ground has been laid. The ground has been laid. I mean, there's quite a few books. If you Google that, there, there's quite a few books on it. And, and, and if you find a book that works for you, that's brilliant. There's articles, yeah. there's things. There, there isn't anything new under the sun. What I'm saying isn't new. Um, you just got to find the things that work for you. Yep, like everything. <laughs> and uh, Peter's come back for the last minute, Hi, but you can, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, my computer went wrong. No, it somehow. doesn't matter because we're going to close now. We're going to end because we're almost done. Oh, we're almost done thirty minutes here. And um, is there anything, Sarah, that you uh, that you want to add, close with, think, think about? Just- know that you can feel better if you're listening to this and you're thinking you're not having the life that you want to do you're all right you're fine but you think you could be a bit better there is help out there um you know in in whatever it is and i i you know most of my clients aren't suicidal you know on their knees um i really care about that middle ground so do reach out because i think you can feel better than you do Brilliant. I love that. Thank you very much. And thank you for being so honest and open about this very sensitive topic. And we really, really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this. And if anybody is interested in contacting Sarah, we will be putting all her details on the podcast so you can get in touch and any other places and resources that you think are useful, please do give them to us and we will put them on uh, the bottom of the podcast thank you thank you thanks very much 